and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of peanut butter stuck in the gums of your mouth. Absolutely. That's not just a random thing, is it, Callum? Have you managed to get it, get it all out? It's nearly all gone, so apologies if you do hear that. I don't have a Labrador sat next to me as I'm recording. It's, it is me. Do you know, actually, quite timely, that's one of my fun facts for you. Do you know that in any movie where dogs or cats talk... No, dogs or cats don't actually talk, Alex. I know right, I have okay. to sort I of see. say this, but I if see. there was a movie concept in which the dog or the cat had to speak for comedic purposes, Alex, or for like yep, character yeah, yeah, yeah. narratives, Alex. You see what I'm saying, Alex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, thinking I get cats you. and dogs, Alex. We're thinking Homeward Bound, Alex. We're thinking, yeah. you know, any sort of movie where the dog... So so just to be clear, the dogs and the cats don't actually talk, but for the... Son of the mask, Alex. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Alex, yeah. Alex. So, Alex, we're thinking maybe things like, you know, Lassie, come, Lassie doesn't talk, Alex, okay? Right. Lassie doesn't talk, Alex, okay. okay? So that's not a good example, Alex, okay? Toy Story? Toy Story is not a good example, Alex. We've oh. done it's an animated feature, Alex. Okay? I see. Okay. So I, I when mean, it just looks so damn realistic. It well, <laughs> Blumen does. All right. Yeah. That's the that's the magic. That is the magic. That's right. the magic. What Walt Disney intended right. for those movies to to embody and embrace, or uh, I was going to say Tim Cook, but it was really Steve Jobs really wanted it. He was right. he, the sprinkle in his eye. But Alex, when dogs are cats, and especially dogs in movies for for narrative effect, I thought it was cats and to- dogs. Or when they, or when cats and dogs. Right. Alex, Alex, Alex. Right. I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe something along the lines of Homeward Bound Two. Alex, the Great Adventure. Okay, okay, okay. You got Rescuers me, Alex. Down under. Right, Alex, Alex, Alex. Are you think Agent Cody Banks, Alex? Right. Alex. Okay. Okay. Dog in Agent Alex. Yep. Inspector Gadget's dog Gizmo. Right. Alex. Okay. Yep. Dogs yeah. in movies. Any Garfield. Dog, Movie, okay, movies. How do I do movies? So remember the talkies, Alex. Remember in 1930, the talkies, movies, where moving pictures were put one scene after another. Music was put on the background, Alex, from a piano, Alex. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walt Disney comes along. 1940s, 19... Alex, are you familiar with the character Walt Disney? He's a real person in real life. The character Walt Disney. But in in movies such as Saving Mr. Banks, Alex. Right. Are you familiar with Alex? I am. Alex, okay. Looks like Tom Hanks. Look, Alex... Very, very similar looking, very similar looking guy. Jewish Alex. Alex. Okay. Are you, are you familiar, Alex? Yes. Okay, so Walt Disney creates an empire with the talkies. Right. Moving pictures, going right. from scene to scene. Right. Now and again, Alex. Are you following? Aye. Okay, now and again, Alex. Animals feature in the movies, okay? Agent Cody Banks. We've done that one. Spy Kids 2, Alex. Dog okay. talks in that movie, okay? <laughs> Escape. In these movies, Alex, <laughs> the animals have to talk again for, okay. repeat it with me, narrative purpose. Right, narrative okay? purpose, yeah. Alex, okay. now, yeah, yeah. to make the dogs talk, to make it look like they're actually talking, they don't talk. Bear okay. in mind, they don't. But for the purpose of the movie, they feed the dogs peanut butter. Because what the dog does is the dog mouths along as if you're talking. And then the clever magic of the movie is sprinkled on top, Alex. They put the voice actor's voice overlay it, Alex, with the talkies. You see what we're doing here, Alex? <laughs> I didn't actually know that fact. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. Okay, God, you know, a, you, know, you know it's a milk a riff, don't you? How long was that? I can actually see how long that 
how long that was because it's almost the exact length of the amount of time we were recording. We are a music minutes. and movies podcast. Four minutes too <laughs> long. And each week we will get into some of the more classic movies and their reruns and their we their opportunities to visit old movies. Alex, it's a sequel. It they're is. doing a sequel here, but they're parodying of a sequel because they mention it in the new movie. They go, oh, Hollywood these days. All it is is superhero movies and repeat of old movies from the 80s look at the camera that no, that nobody asked for that nobody asked for dear. Yeah. i think of all the jokes that one just didn't land in the in the new one i was like oh i thought it did i'm like that ah, move I on thought it did. i this. thought i thought they got away with that one we've heard we've heard that joke a couple of times but of course it all started in the mythical kingdom of zamunda mm-hmm. with the one and only <laughs> <laughs> You've forgotten his name. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna I, I I was getting the king mixed up with the one and only awakening of Prince Akib. Now we've got a we've got a friend um who right. I just I just want to mention up top. Yeah, go are for we it. talking about coming to America or coming to America? We're talking about coming to America first. All right, we're, and then we're gonna to, do coming to and America. Not, and not coming to America. It's really simple, Alex. Okay, Alex. Okay. Alex. Right. First movie, Alex. Okay. 19, 1988, Alex. John oh, Landis. That one. That one's coming to America. Yeah, there's a subtle okay. difference when I say it, okay? Right, okay. Okay, which one am I talking... I'm going to say a title of one of these two movies. You've got to tell me, is it the 1988 version or is it the 2021 version, all right? Oh, so, no, 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 no. This isn't how that works, right? No, you that, need to say, no, you need to say them back to back because you need to compare and contrast. Okay, but what if I do them in chronological order then? I've just, I've, I've, I've thrown you well, off. Yeah, I'm going to say not one of them. You might not do it in chronological order. All you need to do is say the two titles Alex, back to back. Alex, I've got the coin in one hand behind my back. You've just got to choose which hand the coin is in. I'm not going to swap the coin when you select the right arm, okay? I'm not. Okay, that's not how this is, this is going to go. Pick a, pick a cup, any cup. I'm going to move the cups around. What movie am I talking about when I say Coming to America? Uh, I think that would be Coming to America. But which one, Alex? Which number? Which, which one? The 1988? Oh, see, I said that. I just said, I said the version. I said uh, see, I, you, didn't say the same, you didn't say the same one as me. We're talking about Hakeem. Do you know what I was going to say? We've got a mutual friend who says that this, the original movie, the 1988 John Landis, is his favorite movie. Yeah. Purely, purely because of the way that James Earl Jones says, Akim. Akim. Oh, it's so, it's so wonderful. And when I realized that James, James Earl Jones was coming back for the, ne- I love him as a character because he's, you would assume that he's this royal king who's very honest and noble and wise, but yeah. he's also a bit of a dog of a bloke, which I yeah. love. It's so isn't, funny. He? So... isn't he? I love in the in in the first movie coming to America. I know what America, you're going to say. The bathers, when, yeah, when the bathers, <laughs> when he was just like, when he's like, my son, I just assumed that you had sex with the royal bathers. That's what I do. Big <laughs> grin, and it's he just this, looks it's so happy. Smiles with on his face. Oh, he's he's absolutely he's absolutely wonderful. Now, what's really funny is before we made the decision to do Coming to America, Alex and I, I think we nearly locked in Mank. And then midweek, a phone call took place between the two of us where one of us recognised that actually there was probably a little bit of background work that was required before we covered Mank. Yes. The conversation, Name, namely, the convers- <laughs> n- namely the movie that Mank is not, not based on, but yeah. 
important to know. Can can you can and and I and I strongly urge you listeners to try and turn turn your turn your head away from the blatant hypocrisy from our chain of thoughts. <laughs> that being we're going to have to do Mank, therefore we have to cover it by watching another movie. Both being busy blokes, we decided that that was too cumbersome of a task. Yet when presented with Coming to America, recognising we're going to have to do both of them, we went, fuck yeah, absolutely. I've got time to watch those two movies, but I've not got time to watch Mank and Citizen Kane. No, I loved the moment. I loved the moment where I said, oh, it's just because Citizen Kane is so long, isn't it? And you were like... Yeah. No, it's uh, <laughs> just shy of two hours, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, uh, no, but in- nah, yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> too long." Yeah, as I thought. Yeah, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> anything other than ten minutes, and I'm out of here. Oh, Alex, I've got so many facts. Do we want to fire straight in? So this is a, a return to old going through the motions where we did two, a double feature, as it were. Yeah, I know. I'm saying, I'm saying it's not though. I'm saying it's not though because these are the same movie. They, are the same they don't just have the same title. They're basically the same movie. Yeah, uh, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. So, why would you work through the first one first, I suppose? Now, this was the first time that Eddie Murphy played multiple characters in the same film, which became a trademark of his. Now, we obviously saw Eddie Murphy in a number of features before coming to America, such as Trading Places, which was also a John Landis film with Dan Aykroyd. And yep. that film very much kind of set the tone of, or similar tone. And around that time, we also have Beverly Hills Cop, again, a John Landis feature. I think it was just, ooh, just, I need to do the research on that one. Well, there's a, there, there's some, ca- there's a cameo appearance from Trading Places. Oh, yeah. Or rather, a double cameo appearance from Trading Places. The two, the two Wall Street bad guys. Mm. You know, um. Oh, they're down and out, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're, they're in the gutters. They're the, yeah, they're the ones that, because I had, first time I saw Coming to America, I didn't know who these, who these guys were. Yeah. And Akeem gives an insane amount Akeem. of cash. Akeem. <laughs> Anytime anybody has to say Akeem, yeah, you've got exactly. to do it as if you're James Earl Jones. And he gave an insane amount of cash to these two homeless blokes in New York. Yeah. yeah. And then they proceed to have like a full on discussion going like, Mortimer, Mortimer, we're back or something like oh, that. And amazing. I was like, who are you supposed to be? And then I yeah, realized, yeah. and then and then after I saw Trading Places, quite a wee while later, I was like, "All oh, right, that's mm. who they were." It's, a, they it's do, a great and they, callback, and they yeah. do, and they do actually appear at the start of Coming to America as well. Oh, do they? The second one, yeah. Not ah. not the actual characters, but in a painting. You know when he's at the job interview. Yes, 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 yes. So ah. that's so that's supposed to be one of one of their. Uh, grandsons i see that's the guy that he's interviewing for well we'll get we'll get to all this because the the homages and the callbacks in the new movie are i mean i I think there's one every minute almost yeah yeah Yeah. do you want to talk i'm going to talk a bit about the music that introduces the first movie because we have the opening track mombe or as it's titled mombe 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 um, which which is just a fantastic track that sets the sequence up when we're watching through the the almost like the jungles and the forests of Z- really uh, forests is. of Zamunda. It really I, is all the music for the first 
almost the first movie. I'd say the first half. I guess like up to sexual chocolate, and my god, we'll get to it, right? Oh, that whole the, the whole bit right up to kind of the queens. You just have some amazing, amazing, amazing music. Um, so even like the national anthem of Zamunda, which plays at the start of the birthday celebration, is the same melody as the national anthem Fridonia in the Marx Brothers film Duck Soup. So it's kind of they oh, very right, much okay. take a lot of things forward. And Alex, do you want to talk a little bit about how? Uh, Hakim wakes up. Well, is it Hakim or no, Hakim? Hakim, sorry. Ah, okay. No H's, ladies and gents. No H's, no. Well, the prince doth wake up with the sound of a symphony orchestra. <laughs> it's wonderful. Now, that's not actually them. This is it's no, no, like no, the it's noise it's him. coming from. No, no, no. <laughs> What's ri- what I absolutely love. And I don't know if this is supposed to be a joke or just something that I work out because I'm a a professional orchestral musician, is that there's like maybe eight or nine guys on that balcony, Mm -hmm. but the sound that comes out is a full orchestra (laughs) with with like a 50-piece string section and full winds and brass and stuff like that and i'm like all right no well there's one horn there one clarinet <laughs> it's, it's quite funny it's great and even the instrumental song that's playing whilst prince hakim is having his royal penis cleaned was a sample of um or or, or from snoop dogg that uh, that's that's that shit featuring r kelly in two, two like there's been loads of different people have taken samples of this music and and done it into their tracks there's 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 that happens quite a lot like this is one of snoop dogg's favorite favorite movies and he does that with quite a lot of tracks that does as well not surprise it's me. so brilliant I, but that whole opening sequence with the rose petals on the floor the the um paul bates clapping to have the door open for the toilet yeah 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 now that it is my 21st birthday do you think that i could um go to the toilet by myself <laughs> very amusing sir wipers yeah. wipers <laughs> so it's just it, that is in brilliant. one word. In one word, there are several joke that there are several belly laughing moments in there. Yeah, exactly. Number one, number one, the most obvious is the fact that there is a role to wipe the prince's <laughs> arse, and then the second part of that is that there's more than one because it's yeah. plural. Yeah, it's but the plural. Third, but it the takes third... more than one servant. But the third, and then the third part of it is. It's not. A th- it's something that everyone assumes. You go, oh, you've got someone who can wipe your arse for you. It's seen as a sign of royalty. But he's just gone completely past that point, and it's now a total burden on his life. Absolutely. He just doesn't want it anymore. So you're right. In one word, you have multiple jokes, which is just genius. Absolutely yeah. genius. And Paul Beach delivers that so... And we'll get to a delivery that he does not so long after, um, very soon. And I, and I, And then we have... The introduction of James L. Jones and Arsenio Hall, those two are scene stealing. Oh, they are throughout aren't they? the whole movie, and they look. I mean, and and this is a common thread throughout both of these movies. All of the actors and their character counterparts look fantastic. Everyone yeah. looks magnificent in both movies. It's just like oh, it's they they're. James Earl Jones oozes regal class. Well, he's just got the best voice ever, doesn't he? Oh, it's wonderful to listen to him talk. Isn't and it? 
what is it, my son? Oh, it's just like I, I, I found myself just rewatching that first scene at the dinner at the breakfast table multiple times. The whole piece on you've grown a mustache and just it's it's just yeah. really it's just really excellent. And it's as we say that the the beauty of those sequences and a lot and a lot of these movies is by the the dialogue isn't huge but there's multiple things that it means by they say you know like as we say wipers means multiple different layers you can yeah, think yeah, yeah. down the thoughts you know by him kind of saying to you you know my son he he thinks that he's very wise and he imparts knowledge and that Hakim wants all this these lessons learned you know like they're walking in the gardens as we say about your wiper uh, your your <laughs> what is it the bathers i know i do yeah. and all this stuff but there's so many in that line um, do you not have sex with bathers? I know I do. Again, there's so many assumptions. It's that like that's weird that his he as the dad he gave his son women to clean him, but then the the, the dad also. Uh, it's just it's just genius, and yeah. you wouldn't really assume James Earl Jones is someone who's like comedy chops. You know, we have him Darth Vader, Mufasa. We have these iconic roles, but seeing him really, his eyes twinkle is just wonderful. Yeah, yeah, no, no it is it is amazing, and actually. I've got to you'd be forgiven for assuming that his casting as Mufasa was as a direct result of this particular role. It's a really good point. Yeah, really good point. Which I think is a joke that's made in the second movie. It is. Yeah, because, it is, yeah, multiple times. Uh which is which is really Wesley really Snipes great. Snipes makes the joke, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But as far as like, you know, famous James Earl Jones roles are concerned, obviously the big one is Dar- is the voice of Darth Vader. Mm. And they do an amazing, an amazing kind of fourth wall breaking joke. Is that the one in, in when he goes into McDowell's? When he's in McDowell's and he and, and he literally says, they cannot be alerted to our presence. This, so I, the line, you're absolutely right. The line is, do not alert him to my presence. I shall deal with him myself. Yeah, which is just, <laughs> which is just Darth Vader dialogue from Empire Strikes Back. Because what? Yeah. When do you say this was? Nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. So in and then in nineteen eighty-three, he has the similar line: "No, leave them to me. I will deal with them myself." Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. It is just wonderful. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Go on, mate. And and they they would have just gone behind the scenes like James. Do you mind do Do you mind doing this bit of Darth Vader? Is it all right if we just put this bit of Darth Vader in here? Mm. And he just what? looked like he was just having the time of his life but you're but you're absolutely right I, I read somewhere that he he when he was approached to do coming to america too he just was like absolutely he he just seems like someone who just loves doing this stuff yeah they built he insisted all the scenes were built around him in coming to america the second one i keep saying right. coming to america but they uh, when he's in the bed when he's in the coffins they they did it around him um, because you know he's eighty eight, right? He's yeah, eighty eight. Yeah, he's getting on. He's get he's getting on, right? But it was just it was just absolutely fantastic. And following from that, we have the choreography and the dancers and the costumes and the set design of both movies. But specifically the nineteen eighty eight movie, it is incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. The palace sequences and oh, the yeah. dancers. It's so amazing. many extras, so many extras. And I just thought that the production of this movie mu- must have been such a powerful. I, I, like, I, I just must think that every black actor in America would have wanted to be in that movie. Mm, mm. And, the, and that it was 
specifically made to like provide those kind of opportunities oh and i love to it really yeah. have that representation because mm-hmm. you know we've, we've been having these conversations for ages that you know representation is so important yeah and i feel like this is this is that movie there's there's like one or two white no there's one white I've character got, yeah i've got there's I've got one a white on character yeah, yeah yeah and then there's another white character that's actually eddie murphy in a mask yes i've got another fact but on that, that too but i think that's it yeah, so so uh, the makeup and the clothing was applied for the Jewish character Saul. Eddie Murphy wanted to test the makeup and costume out, so he got a golf cart and he drove from one studio department to another within Paramount Studios. So he would get out of the car and say things in his regular voice, Hi, I'm Eddie Murphy, but no one actually believed him. So according to John Landis, it was actually it was his idea to have Eddie Murphy wear makeup and to play a Jewish man as a sort of playback for Jewish comedians wearing blackface in the early 1900s. Yeah. And I, and I thought it was great. Now the nice. other the other the other fact that we have I, I'm going to scroll down through my list because it is it's it's pretty timely that we talk about it. Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall revealed during their March 2021 visit to Jimmy Kimmel Live that Louis Anderson, so Louis Anderson was being the, the only white uh, actor in the first movie or real like credited actor in the movie he was cast in coming to america as mcdowell's employee maurice only because the studio mandated a white comedian appear in the 1988 comedy so the, the studio basically says there must be one according to actors paramount went so far as to give them a list of three white actors to choose from they chose anderson because murphy and hall were fans of a stand-up comedy but they didn't reveal who the other two options were. Oh, interesting. Now, who do you think they were? Because I've got one who I'm, I'm like, it would obviously have been this person, but I don't know the others. I mean, okay, I'll, 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 that was a pretty, that was a pretty shitty ass question. I'm going to say John Candy must uh, have been one. I knew one. you were going to yeah. say John, John Candy. Candy must no, have no, been no, one. It's just because he's a heavy they, guy. They look... It's just because he's a heavy guy. And I was, I was like, don't say John Candy. Don't say John Candy. <laughs> what about John it's Belushi? A heavy guy. It's what about heavy... Dan Aykroyd? <laughs> Could it's be a heavy one of those guy guys. in an eighties, eighties. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, John John Candy seems like the obvious candidate. But, but Louis Anderson was great, though. Louis Anderson was great, and I loved how he came back for the second one. I thought it was. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, absolutely fantastic as well. Now, Alex, we were talking about the choreography. Did you recognize the choreography at all? Did you recognize the dance moves? No. Mm, okay, so most of the dance performed by the royal dancers before presenting to Prince Akim, wife-to-be, is a high-tempo rendition of the dance from Michael Jackson's Thriller. Is it? Yeah, so oh, watch it again. Brilliant. Watch it back. So there's actually a lot of moves, and I think they kind of... The, the the dance itself I read somewhere was they kind of just went high tempo thriller, high tempo thriller, but they, they've edited edited it so that it's not completely like spot the spot the like for like yeah because obviously i feel like if you had the oh, i don't know how to describe it with the audio i'll do i'll do i'll do the thing on camera yeah 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 yeah, yeah. describe that the claws left and right the cat claws to the left very the good cat claws to the right absolutely the the classic thriller move I did you were you lifting that, your leg up really, were you I lifting want... your leg up at the same time i know i can only see your top half through the yeah both the... of them <laughs> Okay, cool. Both of them. Wonderful. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. And then we have Paul Bates as I can't pronounce his character. Is it Ome 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 is what they they call him, isn't it? Paul Bates' character singing. Oh, I think so. I can't remember. But um, yeah, Oha Oha. They have yeah. Paul Bates' character Oha singing 
she's your queen. And the, it's the, the thing that makes that so funny is the fact that he steps forward, puts his feet into a wide stance. Completely deadpan. Deadpan. And he throws himself back, hands straight down by his side, like he's been practicing his whole life for this moment. Yeah. Almost, this is his big day, more so than Prince Akim. And I just think, it. I, I, it's one of these parts of the movie, I hadn't seen this movie in a while before re-watching it. Yeah. But then when I... The other night when I rewatched it and I I it caught, I forgot about that and it caught me completely off guard. I my it's amazing God, and I it's, was it's meant to. Oh. But it, but it's interesting what you said about that. It's like he's been practicing for this his entire life. I don't. I, I that's not my takeaway from that. My my takeaway from that is he's got this incredible incredible voice that's super high. And you'd never know it, but for him, it's just like. That's just what he does. Mm, mm. That that that's just what he does. My my assumption is that he does that in some official capacity at least once a week, <laughs> and it's just yeah. part and it's just yeah. part of their culture. Yeah, that, because no, none I, of the, yeah, because none right. of that's funny, because yeah. none of the rest of them are phased by they, it. They, 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 none of them. They, they're just like, yep, yeah. <laughs> he's doing this thing. That's his that's his role, and they're just like, yeah, this is cool. And we're and we're just hearing this completely silent throne room and you can hear the echo oh, in the voice the because reverb, it's, just, yeah, it's well. just banging off every wall because he's absolutely screaming it out it's so funny so so funny alex then we are asked the question we do not want to marry a woman that has been uh that has been placed upon us we want to make our own decisions for who we marry we don't want a woman alex Alex, we don't want a woman who will bark like a dog and jump on one foot, will we? No. Now, as I said at the top, and I, th- I don't know if we said it on recording, but I'll say it again, and I can edit it if I've already repeated Absolutely. myself. That joke in the second movie, when they reprise, when we meet the, the I guess, the, the jilted bride, as yep. it were, from the yep, second yep, yep. movie, when she comes back in as the sister... Or, or the daughter of the gen, the general and Wesley Snipes' brother sister. Yeah. When she comes back in, barking and hopping on one foot, I think I sprayed what I was drinking out my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I was laughing it's so brilliant. much. It's absolutely brilliant. It, because it's at that moment that you realize what the new movie is about. Yes. Like, if you had to contrive some sort of original plot from it, because mm-hmm. there isn't really one. Do but... you think... I, I thought the second movie asked some pretty deep questions. I no, it, it, asked... it, 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 did have, it did have its own thing to say. Mm. And it obviously came about as a result of the question, what happened to his supposed wife from the mm. first movie. Mm. That's mm. the that's the question that launches the sequel. Mm-hmm. If you had to if you had to have like a tag or something, it'd be like, what happened to that woman? And how must she feel being <laughs> brought up her growling. whole life? She's been brought up her whole life to be the perfect bride and he's just like, yeah, nah. Yeah. What happens I, to her? And I, that's I, the question. I and I and I love it. So it comes down to the coin toss. LA or New York and when they look at the map 
and they they're looking for a queen and they see queens again just just like really funny Brilliant. great original writing and what's amazing between the two movies as maddie and i were, were noting is obviously in the 80s or the late 80s queens was known to be quite a you know quite a <laughs> quite a rough area of yep. new york but in the new movie hugely desirable part of the city to live in huge yeah. amount of gentrification's gone on and then and the and the obviously the barbershop uh the barbershop gang make that comment and they kind of joke around it and they kind of talk talk quite a lot about it but the introduction to queens with their luggage being stolen and all the kind of farce that goes along with that is fantastic but there's one line that really summarizes it for me it's when the the landlord lets them in the building they're on the foyer downstairs and like some guy who's you know drunk you know what you know he's completely on drugs or whatever falls down the stairs in front of akim and and semi and their new landlord and the guy and the landlord just shouts you rent you motherfucker yeah 100 percent. it sets the scene of the environment that these guys have come to you know it's just this cutthroat i also world. really like the every that the first two characters they meet after coming off the plane swear at them extremely violently yeah yeah it's like wonderful. when he st- when he steps out in front of the cabbie mm. Mm. there's another white guy in the movie yeah i know there is a, yeah, i was gonna say just as you said that yeah uh cause what does he say when he gets out when he gets out of the car oh i forget what he calls him but he, yeah and, and he like what is uh oh what is it Oh well, you you know what it is, is at home. Is I can't be is a motherfucker. I'm sure we're gonna say that, right? Yeah. It's that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, because he would know what that means. Um, it's fairly self-explanatory. Do you want to talk about the real musical artist in this movie, Alex? The real musical artist. Now you're yeah. not you're not talking about the excellent, excellent musician, <laughs> producer, and composer that wrote the score and the original music for this. No, 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 no Alex, no. I'm talking about the wonderful, very rare on-screen performance that we get from a man and his band, Sexual yeah. Chocolate. Sexual Chocolate. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, now that you've just said Sexual Chocolate, you've just you, you've reminded me who it is. Go on. That is of course Say his name. The very one and only Randy Watson. Randy Watson. Now, do you want to do you want to talk a little? I guess this is probably a good point to to say something else that Amazon has treated us to. Uh, since this new movie has been released, yeah, there's a little sort of mo- I didn't, mockumentary. I didn't know about yeah, no, I didn't know about it either, and Amazon didn't do nearly a good enough job <clears throat> of promoting it. But alongside the sequel coming to America, they've called it a chockumentary. They got they released a chock an 18 minute chockumentary about Randy Watson, where we have various fans and leading musical figures so like Nile Nile Rodgers likes the bit like Nile Rodgers who who incidentally wrote the music for Coming to America (laughs) (laughs) he's the composer for the first movie it's fantastic and even you know we had like shaggy trevor nelson like it's so funny yeah. but they, almost... they all they all deliver it beautifully yeah, yeah for non yeah. for non-actors yeah. they're just so into it as well i i especially loved because it's split up into three parts and then there's fake commercials in the middle which yeah, by the exactly. way soul glow is that what the name of the 
the product Soul Glow. Is that what it's called? The hair product. Soul Glow. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely yeah. right. Because by the way, the the jingle for Soul Glow is one of the best jingles for anything ever written ever. It it's is a, amazing. It's absolutely brilliant. But I loved. There's a joke, uh, by Shaggy. In this chockumentary. Who killed him? <laughs> well, one who killed him, but also that Randy Watson was the real Mr. Boombastic. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I thought you were saying, who killed him? Well, it wasn't me. <laughs> I thought that's what you were uh, that's what you're referring to. Oh, it is it is wonderful. No, the, the soul the soul glow um was actually performed by soul musician Christopher Max. So he sang it originally. Um, who's famously for having a you know a hugely ranging voice? Again, that was. Uh, I should have had Paul Bates. No, I know, I know, I know. So, so, but now Rogers produced a lot of Christopher Max's stuff, and so there was oh, a yeah. lot of like it, it's just it's just genius. So I think now Rogers was the one who produced the Soul Glow uh, commercial, which is which is so so brilliant. But the character of Randy Watson is it it really for me. I mean, we have the I guess we've got the the bar the barbershop team. And then Randy Watson, it really, it, you can see that that's Eddie Murphy so comfortable in his skin because yeah. Eddie, Murphy's a, Eddie Murphy's a guy who, I mean, if you've seen some of his late night stuff, you've seen Raw, he, his versatility is unparalleled to anybody else, you know, in, in Hollywood at the moment um, yeah. or ever really, to be honest. He's just but, like an all round showman entertainer. But exactly great. but he's what's wonderful is that you unlike most people where they they fall into a character and you can see them being comfortable in that character you see them being comfortable in this Arsenio Hall is exactly the same Eddie Murphy is just so comfortable being that chameleon he's that chameleon presence you can tell that he just loves it and what's really great is that I've never watched an Eddie Murphy film where he plays multiple characters and I've had to either say it to someone or someone said to me, he he plays that person. That's him. You know, like Saul as the, as the Jewish guy. And, yeah. You know, when I said to Maddie, that's Eddie Murphy, y- it, you're right. It's like there's no indication through anything. Hair and makeup aside, the character, the voicing, the tempo, the timbre of how he speaks and holds himself, it's, it's, it's incredible how comfortable Eddie Murphy is at being multiple people. Well, yeah, and definitely. It's so I think, amazing. I think, do you know what? I'm going to hold my hands up because a couple of times more further down my life of watching this movie, I've seen it a few more times since, since my first time, but I think I'm going to hold my hands up and say the first time I watched this movie, I didn't know that either of them played multiple characters. Right, like, yeah, yeah. genuinely. Yeah. And that sounds like such an insane thing mm. to hold, to to admit, because... I don't think so. I think that's fine. But that's well, no, the po- but, but, proving you know, the point I'm making. Like, But even, even with Arsenio Hall, yeah. like when you think about the... She's credited as the extremely ugly woman in the bar. Oh, it's so funny. Where he's like, I would take a bite out of you and your friend. Oh. And he talk and he talks to himself. And it's quite clearly Arsenio Hall. First time I watched this movie, I was like, all right. Oh, it's cool. so great. <laughs> Arsenio Hall, he's a bloody good looking bloke. Isn't those he? those nightclub sequences, you're looking at me and go, 
he is. I'm I'm a comfortably straight man, but that is a handsome looking man. Yep, yep, yep. Like yep, yep. Eddie Eddie Murphy, but Arsenio Hall particularly. He's just like he's he's very cut face. It's his jawline as well. There's something oh, about yeah, the boy, isn't there? Isn't it? So actually, in that sequence, so uh, it's around sort of 34 minute mark. The song "I Got It," which plays in the background when Semi and Prince Akeem walk into the club, that was sung by Eddie Murphy. Oh right, okay. that song. Yeah, so so he's obviously. You know, been we been want been wandering into now Rogers' office quite a lot and uh, laying down some tracks for him. Beautiful. But, oh, it's 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 just one. It's just wonderful. Like the, the the whole thing. You know, we, I was I was talking about different artists taking inspiration for this. So you know, like Maurice when he has that little monologue uh, at McDowell's that would later be referenced in the song 2005 Gold Digger from Kanye West, where the lyrics say, he's got that ambition, baby. Look in his eyes. Uh, this week he's mopping floors. Next week, it's the fries. Like, right. can you, can you, like so many artists have taken little sound bites from this movie. Yeah. I just, it's wonderful. It's, it's, and you do have to scratch below the surface for this little movie to, to appreciate how much of a musical movie it really is. Yeah, no, because it is. And, you know, to bring it back to some of the original scoring for a minute, mm. one of my particular favorite musical moments was actually when when the king, James Earl Jones, comes to America and you see his motorcade, like, driving through mm-hmm. New York with all the flags and there's, like, two limos and a police escort. And mm. the music is, like, overbearing in that in that scene. And that's one of the few instances of like true original scoring in this movie, but with the knowledge that it was made and written by Nile Rogers, you can really hear that although it's like really African instruments and African inspired, there's still quite a lot of funk yeah, in there. Yeah, it's yeah. still New York. It's a New York sort it, of it, vibe. It's still chic. No, no, not so much, not so much New York. Cause I, I don't know about, I mean, I know New York has gone through a very varied, you know, musical landscape and it's got sure. so many different identities. And I always kind of feel like the the musical autograph of New York is kind of like smooth jazz. Okay, yeah. So yeah, like George, George Gershwin, Rhapsody in Blue type thing, if you know that piece, mm-hmm. that's um, the musical autograph of New York. Whereas this is more chic disco funk but with played with african rhythms nice. do you know what I mean? yeah 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 i do i do uh, amazing so just briefly i know we've talked a bit about it let's just really focus on the new movie what were your thoughts on the new movie because the critics are they're not giving it its day in court i don't think well i don't know i mean i don't know if i've read that many like top critic reviews like mm. you know professional m- movie reviewers I've, mm-hmm. I've seen a few of them. I feel like the professionals are kinder than the audience. Oh, always, yeah, always. The, the audience, but, <laughs> yeah, that's always the way. That's, isn't it? That as soon as I said that, that's like, well, yeah, duh. No, but 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 actually, you're, you know, because the audience are far more extreme, aren't they? Because even even when the critics love a movie and it's a good movie, the audience go bananas for it. So yeah. it's 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 yeah, ebbs yeah, yeah. and flows. No, 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 you're absolutely right. But no, this movie is being heavily criticised at the moment for you know just there's not a joke that's not recycled from the first movie that's the best way of putting it that is Uh, the best way of putting it every find a joke in the first movie that they don't do in the second movie 
Like, yeah, I, yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah, exist. No. Like, or, they, or, they do every single joke. Or even some sort of reference. Like, we, you know, we have the advantage of time to reflect on movies that have come out since. I, I, I remember making a bet with myself that at some point someone's going to say the word Wakanda or someone's going to refer yeah. to someone else as Black Panther. And obviously we have Tracy Morgan in it, who Tracy Morgan is absolutely fantastic. Do you know, originally Eddie Murphy wanted Tracy Morgan to be his long lost son. Oh, but it really? was like, yeah, Marcinio Hall was like, no, you can't. He's The dude's like your age. You yeah. can't have that happen, <laughs> which I thought was really... But again, they all look amazing. All no, they of do. Them the, pro- look the production value is just like oozing with color and beauty and it, it's such a wonderful thing to look at Sh- shari headley in particular so who who plays obviously plays his wife uh in, lisa. in both movies she, she lisa is she looks amazing she just looks amazing in both these movies and yeah. she just has the charisma on screen when she's there she's like the guiding rock for him the the i mean it's been said a number of times but eddie murphy is one of these guys who it just it doesn't really you can't really spot him aging much do you know like and i, and no, I think you're you can say right. that for arsenio hall even more so i mean even more so for him like he just he kind of looks he, he almost looks the same and the cgi that they do for the club sequences, oh, for the club. that was great wasn't it that's the best example i've ever seen of de-aging in modern in modern cinema like yeah. we've we've obviously been treated to a number of iterations of de-aging from the star wars to the avengers yeah, yeah but yeah. little did i know that the best example of de-aging would come from coming to america yeah, <laughs> like, coming, it's, a, it's, coming it's to odd, america. isn't it yeah exactly do you want to talk a little bit about some of the music that was in it because there was some fantastic music just from the start all the way through you know we we had um, some really funny musical cameos as well during the the funeral sequence. We have obviously Morgan Freeman coming in to narrate. Morgan, Morgan Freeman, <laughs> who arrives on screen, and I think I cheered. I think I think I cheered. I think I made some sort of audible noise when he when he came on screen, and then when he started talking, mm. And then when he was delivering his eulogy, there were some fantastic lines in in that eulogy. Oh, but I think so possibly great. my favorite was he was listing off all the things that people stopped doing when when the most beloved king that they had known had died. And then he got to the bit where he said, people didn't even have sex anymore. <laughs> and he said it in that really amazing Morgan Freeman way. And one of my favorite one of my favorite things actually is at the end of the movie, they did some outtakes. Yes. There were some outtakes, and yes. there was a shot of him doing that, and he didn't say people people stopped having sex. He said people didn't even fuck anymore or oh, something like that. And it was gr- just... and I was it was so funny. And I was like, well yeah, I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna have somebody speaking at the funeral of someone who, as we said previously, mm. has like the best voice ever, mm, why mm. not have also arguably the best voice ever because morgan freeman does have that yeah well i was gonna say yeah the two the two of them i I struggled sometimes to see who's got the the better more grandiose voice. i want i wanted the two of them to have a conversation that would be such a meta joke to have just the two of them just talking just have a conversation between the two of them has that that ever been has that ever been on screen 
Oh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have we're to gonna find, have to that, find one that out. Yeah, but um, even just things. So you had like En Vogue and Salt and Pepper doing the What a King. I love the idea. That can I? He can is... I also admit something? Well, go for it. I don't know who any of those people are. Oh, En Vogue. So um, like they're. It's pretty clear they're just female, um, like pop groups, aren't they? No, no, but <laughs> they're, no, but the, no, but the point <laughs> no, is, no, you're right. They're you're real. Right. They're, yeah, real yeah. they're real. Kind of, and culturally relevant to mm. the real mm. world. And they're coming up and doing these cameos and people are getting excited on on, on screen. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah, there, there, was, there was a couple of... Morgan a... Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not wrong. There was, there was a couple of examples of that. There was a couple of musicians and stuff. But you, you did recognize one of, the, one of the female singers at his funeral, I'm sure. Of did, course. Did I? The one and only Gladys Knight coming on to sing... Um, what, what midnight train from Zamunda? Yeah, just as just as uh, James Earl Jones dies, I, I thought that was so so funny. And the backing chorus that are singing about he doesn't even have a, a male heir. What's even the point? But yeah. she, but Gladys Knight's pipes are just absolutely <laughs> so powerful, singing just at his funeral, and then he just dies straight as she finishes. I thought he was gonna like maybe wink an eye open or something just to check that yeah, they were all still I, there. Yeah, I thought maybe he was doing dramatic dramatic effect and uh wasn't actually dead yet but no he he, he was and that's even more boss yeah i think I thought it was, go it out was... like that there was some other i mean there was some really really great performances oh and, and, and like little inclusions trevor noah i thought he was so funny as the news reader oh um, yeah absolutely took me a minute to recognize him to be honest I, I did I, I did recognize him but i think it took me until they started kind of arguing yeah, back, yeah, back yeah, and yeah. forward, and he was kind of looking side to side, and he did that kind of eye wide thing. I think Trevor mm. Noah has like a specific look when he opens his eyes really wide in that mm. kind of like shock, shock way. Maybe I've just seen loads of thumbnails of it on YouTube or something. I don't know, yeah, but I think that's when I recognized him. I was like, oh shit, it's Trevor Noah. It's great. But this, but some of the insults as well were just brilliant. You know what was it? You, you dress like a slave from the future, Jar Jar Brinks looking ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I think. That's what his son says to Semi at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I made some. I made some of these quotes. The other thing that I loved, and I, I had to pause it to explain because Maddie, we watched the, Maddie actually watched these in out of order. She watched the new one, then the old one. Oh, really? Okay. And I had to explain the sequence where. He's walking with his son. Well, wait, had she not seen the old one before? No, 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 oh, no, no. Interesting. No. So she, but she loved them both. It was very funny. I, I actually, and that, that that's something to say. I think even if you haven't seen the old one, and it's heavily reliant on the old one, this is still a funny oh, movie. Oh yeah, who cares? It's exactly. But the sequence where he's walking with his son through. I guess the plains of, of Africa or Zamunda. I loved how much more it was set in Zamunda as well. I thought that was yeah. really charming, and the elephant charges up behind them and he goes he calls it bar bar because that's the baby elephant from the first movie yeah you oh, see the it? baby yeah so oh, the baby elephant in the garden that he lovely. he pets when he's with james l jones it's he's grown up which i just thought was really really nice um but I, and we touched on this before that one of the lines he says is i can't be what he wants me to be and i actually thought some parts of this story were quite mature for what a comedy film it was you know the whole fact of I've only had daughters and I can't have a son and, you know, my daughters can't be the ruler, so I have to yeah. find my legitimate son. And then you kind of have, you know, you you've, you can take the boy out of Queens, but you can't take Queens out of the boy sort of yeah, vibes yeah. on a lot of it and the family. I mean, you could, the... ca- you could, you could kind of tell 
what direction the movie was going to go. It could only end in one way because, mm. you know, when they're having those conversations about, I've got to find that, find my male heir. We all know that that's not going to, we all know that that male heir is not going to sit on the throne of Zamunda at the end. It's going to be the eldest daughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As, you know, because that's it's just clear. Yeah. Yeah. That's just what right? has to happen. Well, that's just what has to happen. now. It's what should yeah. happen now. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but it it was it was still quite a deep story for a comedy movie, and I don't know, like there was a couple of sequences. It would I I felt that they there was a real effort to inject more heart into the characters and more opinions into the characters in this movie because the first one was just a bit of a joke, right? Yeah, and. For me, it landed, but I think for a lot of people, it didn't because they just wanted a they just wanted more of an airplane style story as opposed to a kind of uh, with a, all a the movie with all the jokes and everything. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's very it's very self aware this new movie, and I think that it's it's what's really good is that the style of comedy is actually subtly different this movie from the previous one this one is very much an updated style of comedy all the jokes are far more relevant they didn't leverage the kind of slapstick-esque style comedy that the first movie was and try and repurpose it and kind of slide it in which i think maybe would have made it a better movie but i preferred some of just like the funnier references and obviously you know like we've talked a bit about tracy morgan tracy morgan is a is a comedian. He's a very very wealthy man as well. But Tracy yeah. Morgan's a comedian that, if you look at his journey, it's kind of representative of this because he's a he now sort of says more modern style jokes. He understands like he's always kept quite current, and I think you would be you would be right in maybe assuming that someone like Eddie Murphy who went quite away from the media for quite a bit and quite away from publicity for for quite a long time, you could maybe be accused to say that maybe he there's a risk that maybe he wouldn't have quite as current an angle on a lot of this sure. stuff. Like we had Dolomite is my name in 2019, but that's kind of really the, the most recent on-screen screen, uh, presence, which makes me ask the question, Alex, do you think now we're going to start seeing a lot more of Eddie Murphy? I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Because I think, I think back when we were at peak Eddie Murphy, like we were at Eddie Murphy saturation. Mm. So we're talking like Norbert. Mm. Mm. And all of those things. It's like I think the, that, was, that was the start of the decline. I think yeah, that was the start of the decline. I mean, you know, we, you know, we had Donkey. Well, I mean, the Nutty Professors. Nutty Professor Two, certainly. Nutty Professor Two, certainly. All of those kind of movies. I feel like we'd had enough. We'd yeah. have. We'd have. We'd had enough of the shtick. But yeah. much in the same way that I feel like Adam Sandler had mm. a saturation point mm. with mm-hmm. things like Oh Jack and Jill oh, and God. things like that, but. He's kind of come back, hasn't he? Yeah, Uncut Gems was Uncut Gems. I mean, we're not saying we're not saying coming coming to America is like Uncut Gems because obviously, (laughs) obviously, Uncut Gems is a complete departure, whereas Mm -hmm. coming to America is kind of back to the roots as far as Eddie Murphy is concerned. Roots, nice little slide in there. (laughs) Yes, all the the kinti jokes. Yeah, liked it. Absolutely, but no, I'd love to see. I'd love to see more of them. More of him. John Amos as well. Sorry. Oh, John. <laughs> John Amos. Well. Yeah. Amazing too. Oh yeah, it was amazing. Oh, can I? Tangent. I love the I McDowell's gonna... joke. Uh-huh, I love I the McDowell's joke, and I love that I there was just a say. shot of him in his office reading a McDonald's instruction a manual. manual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Operational manual. The the, the best one of the Such best jokes joke. from that first movie with John Amos. 
I think still still to this day is when he walks into uh, when Akeem walks into the office and he goes, "The New York Giants beat the Green Bay Packers. It was the most exhilarating." And then he tur- John Amos turns to him and goes, "Son, I'm only going to say this once: stay off the drugs." Yeah. <laughs> that was so so good. Um, I actually found out the game that Akeem mentions to uh, McDowell Restaurant between the Giants and the Packers did actually happen uh, in September 15, 1985. Oh, okay. But the, but the Packers actually won 23-20, so it was the other way around. I I, I like that even more because I think if that's true and that's canon, I get the impression that Akeem didn't understand what he was watching. And yeah. even though he thought the Giants won, they didn't. I think that actually makes it. Makes oh, it I fun. see. <laughs> Just before I say my final two facts, well, I've got. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say one name, and then I've got a fact about it, and then I've got my final fact for you, Alex. Oh, can and I that, say a name before you before you say the name? I know the name you're gonna say. Wesley Snipes. Oh, it's not the name. Oh. Go for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's Wesley do it. Snipes He's stole the movie. So for me, funny. for for me, he stole the movie. I had no idea Wesley Snipes had that kind of performance in him. <laughs> Genuinely, I, I I I didn't see him in this kind of movie, but he came on and he was scene stealing every <laughs> single time he came on screen, and quite literally every single time he was on screen, he had a grand entrance with yes. choreography, and he had this kind of very it was a pantomime, o- very over the top strut. Mm, mm. And it, and he like came in looking like, well, African warlord, but like a, <laughs> but like a Snoop Dogg version of an African war, warlord with gold ray bands, and oh. and he was absolutely brilliant. He the bit he, when he's reading the books to the little kids, you know, when he's reading the kind of like, and he's like, go and play with your grenades and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely, and your Kalashnikovs. Absolutely. But he delivered every line with just like oozing charm. He wasn't ever menacing yeah, yeah, or anything. Right. Yeah, and I also yeah, love yeah. the fact that his little country was called... Um, Nextoria. Nextoria. Yeah. Something along those lines. Nextoria. I, I, do, I, do, I do love as well... Sorry, just before I do say the name, I did love that the barbershop guys went back over to Zamunda and they lost it when Reggie, Reg, um, when Reggie Watson's sexual chocolate came back as well at the end of this movie. Yeah. I fucking loved it. And I love it that one of them loves him and the other two are like, why do you like this guy so much? I love that joke within the joke. No, I love the, fa- I love the fact that the son loves him. Yes, I love, yes, he, yes. He, he can't. He can't contain it. He's so oh. excited. I was like, "What?" It's so. I that is so brilliant. Now the name, of course, Alex is Samuel L. Jackson. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, why got, wasn't he in the sequel? Yeah, I've got it. I've got. I've got it, mate. Unfortunately, a cameo appearance was written for Samuel L. Jackson's character from the first movie, where he would still be robbing the old McDowell's restaurants thirty years later, but due to his busy filming schedule jackson was unable to appear right oh doesn't that make you sad that does make me sad that does make me sad because i think that's just the one thing that they did manage to leave out Mm. the one Um, thing from the first movie that they did manage to leave out i did like as well and we talked a little bit offline i loved the john legend she's your queen piano cover yeah during the credits as well i was singing along to that i'll be honest i had loving it 
he's loving it. I had a beer or two. So did I. Recommend, if you watch this movie, make sure you have a couple of beers. It's because you just, you just get into it. Like, you're so animated as an audience member watching it. And I was singing along with my hands in the air. Maddie had gone to bed by this point. <laughs> she was done with me. Um, I, was, I was a pain in the arse watching this with her, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet, yeah. Alex, would you like to see Coming to America 3 or Coming Through America? Coming Through America, Coming Through America. No, because I've got really some work. good news and some bad news. Uh, <laughs> is one of those news is that it exists? It's it, Well, one of those news is that it will exist. That's the good news. Right. Do you want to know the bad news? Uh, what? Sammy Jackson is... I'm, I'm joking, it's not Sammy Jackson. Shortly after the film debuted on Amazon TV, star Eddie Murphy stated he has an idea for Coming to America 3. Okay. But he has no intention of making it until he is 75 years old in real life. Right. Not made up to look 75, as he believes he physically needs to be that age not just look it through makeup effects, but for, for it to actually be credi- credible. If he is going to be true to his word, then this second sequel should follow in 2036, when co-star, when co-star Senior Hall would be 80. So yeah, wow. we're going to get Coming to America 3 in 2036. Okay. So here's a question. Here's a question then. There's a lot of, there's a lot of recycled jokes in Coming mm. to America 2. Mm. Do we accept it a third time? Because oh, it, because it, because it, I feel like even though we both enjoyed it, right? Because mm-hmm. we did, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we actually don't mind the fact that there's a lot of there's a lot of recycled material, like a lot of you know the same jokes and the same characters and the same sticks and all of that. I very much looked at it as, you know. On one hand, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall like having the time of their life, just like having having fun with all those things and just you know m- doing their stuff mm. and having fun with that. And I love seeing that on screen. Mm. But does it work a third time? I kind of don't really care. By twenty thirty six, I'll be ready to watch it. And if it doesn't work, I'll I'll, I'll only come to that conclusion after. I'm not not going to watch it. No. <laughs> even even if even if I think I think you're right. Even if it will do right, it it won't work again because it didn't work the second time with the fans. So it won't work. For I mean, a third it worked time. for me. No, but that's the thing. It worked right? for me. I think they exactly. got. But that's the thing. I think it worked for me. But I would still say they got away with it. Yeah. I'd yeah, say yeah, they, yeah. they. I'd say they got away with it. I think they're looking at each other, going, "Oh well, we got away with that." Yeah, exactly. We they got away with that doing that me. again. I don't think, it, you know, the phrase "fool me once" like comes to mind. Mm, mm. But uh, but no, I, I mean, I thought I thought it was great. I think there's some amazing musical performances. I think the second one was obviously more updated. You know, you had your Public Enemies, you had your Davidos, you have. Uh, I think it was really really great. Some of the, I mean, like we we got quite a lot of Tenya Taylor as well. So he was, um, d- they were doing quite a lot of the music as well. The the question I have, Alex, to you is: Do you think this movie would have been more or less successful if it was originally released in the cinemas as it was planned? Or was it an Apple, uh, sorry, an Apple, an Amazon smash? Like, do, do you think that really brought I any think, difference I think, to reception? Uh, I think audiences would have gone to that movie. Yeah. I think that's a good, I think it's a good high budget family comedy. Mm. 
Because one other thing to notice is, is it rating, was much, yeah. yeah, it was much more sedate than the first yeah, movie. Yeah, first movie had, as I said earlier, language, <laughs> like you proper get... language, and also like a fair mm, amount of nudity as well. Whereas we didn't really have that. Would they get away with it? Do you think? I it, it, it's it plain and simply wouldn't have made that much ah that's interesting right so i think you've hit you've hit a really good point there being if this had gone ahead the idea of putting it as a pg-13 putting it in cinemas was far far more lucrative than our rating but i think if you i think if they had anticipated the global pandemic they probably would have went down the route of originally writing it as an r-rated movie because i don't know how much the r rating affects streaming as much as it does affect cinema releases does that make sense yeah i i get the impression that it would as you said cinema release it would have smashed it yeah i think so i I think people would have flocked to see it and i think it would have been one of those experiences well i don't know because apparently most people hated it i was gonna say that you know it would have been everybody everybody laughing their asses off in like a communal environment sort of like you know i've i i wish for that kind of end game feeling Mm. one more time i'm like looking for that experience now where everyone's just just in it and on the ride and in a hundred percent and do you think we'll ever get that again i hope so there will there's got to be something that came i hope so because it's so depressing to it's genuinely so depressing to go oh we'll never get that again and that was the best thing that there's ever been and we'll never get because what is there to look forward to? Mm, what yeah. genuinely? What is there to look forward to? <laughs> Jesus, Alex, this this is getting a dark ending no, of the. <laughs> so and you know and 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 that's not in the same and that and that's not the same as saying. Oh, that was good, but I think somebody can do better. Mm. No, that's me saying that was really, really, really yeah. amazing. I loved that. That's ten out of ten. Gold stars, fireworks, Cinema confetti, all yeah. of that. And I want that again. I don't think that should be up on a pedestal. Nobody should be able to attain that. <laughs> oh, okay. You, we'll, it'll ridiculous. come. Alex, you know what really is so depressing? What's that? Working in a Coca-Cola recycling factory. <laughs> I don't get it. So depressing. Oh, God. <laughs> That's atrocious. <laughs> that is genuinely one of your worst ones. I think the coming to America averse as a whole gets two thumbs up because the music is just like it hits you in such funny ways and it's so ingenious all the different avenues that it takes music and makes either a joke out of it or a running you know a a running sequence of gags or a really amazing musical number combining with the choreography like i this this genuinely as a complete package is two thumbs up for me yeah i'm i've i've got a bit of a dilemma here you could probably help me out with this Yes. I'm in my head, I'm currently trying to find reasons not to give it two thumbs up because I just didn't have a two thumb up reaction. Yeah, no, I, I know I what you mean. I, I think I one thumb up is fair. I can't justify it though. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> I th- I think one thumb up is fair. So I think it's I think it's a couple of things. It's it's the things it's it's reasons that we've talked about. So we have had movies uh, songs being created for adverts 
in the movie that are over the top. We have comedy characters who are designed to be terrible musicians singing funny songs. Yeah. We have straight characters who can be totally deadpan but sing high, high tenor parts. Of yeah. sing. But then you've also got Eddie Murphy recording music to be played in club sequences. Yeah. You've got national anthems being played in the background, jokes to the expense of, as you've said, the orchestra in place of maybe like an eight-piece like symphony, um, little little small group. Yeah, yeah. I I I think they ah, oh, it is too. It's it's but it's it's every joke that they can extrapolate with a musical. Like what you've got to understand is that who you know. Um, and now Rogers um, and John Landis, I'm sure to an extent, and Eddie Murphy, these guys know how to use music really effectively. Like there was, yeah. there was, it was that the front of their mind through a lot of the gags and the jokes. It wasn't like the music was put in after the fact for a lot no, of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it was integral to the construction of yeah, the right. comedy. It's two. It's two. Which is why I was leveraging. But I also completely understand why it's one because if we're saying two by our uh, marking system, that means that it's as good as Dunkirk or whatever. <laughs> well, no, exactly. <laughs> There's a slight. I'm not gonna lie. There's a slight flaw. There's a flaw. Is this rating system flawed? It's not for us to say. Why do we? Why do we even give? Why do we even give rating systems? It's two every week. It's two every week. No, I. Do you know what? Then okay, I'll give it a one for that reason. No, no, no. You you just listed all fantastic reasons. What a king! What a mighty, mighty good king! And then yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. and then James Earl Jones is smiling and moving his shoulders in his coffin as he's having "What a King" sung to him. He's yeah, da- and Eddie Murphy's dancing. Fuck me, it's, it's two brilliant. locked in, locked in. It's two. <laughs> Moving forward, yeah, let's do it. We've got some interesting news this week, Alex. We've I didn't, got I didn't say from... it this week. Oh, you didn't say it this week. Yes, well done. Thank you. Thank awfully, you. awfully proud of you, mate. Awfully proud of. <laughs> moving you. on. Moving, moving <laughs> on. Jesus, we've got some interesting news. It's maybe not as much new releases as such. There's some maybe interesting casting news. There's some repercussions of movie financing. So it's going to be quite a. I guess quite a top layer approach to the news this week. Probably what I'll do is I, I think you've kind of got a little thing you're probably going to talk around. I guess it's worthwhile. We 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 talked a little bit during the feature about Avengers Endgame. Uh, of course, Avengers Endgame taking the spot as the highest grossing movie of all time. However, recently it has been predicted that the the, the previous highest grossing movie, Avatar, The Last Airbender, Will um, <laughs> little joke for you there. Alex. Oh, thank you very much. Have you watched that yet? No, no. Mate. Oh, no. watch it. It's so good. Yeah, I, I will. It I is will. genuinely it's... so good. <laughs> but uh, Avatar, which blows me away, still being the previous highest-grossing movie of all time, is going to be re-released in China, meaning that there is a predicted annual revenue of about three point five million coming off the back of that re-release. Which is also mental to think that three point five million is going to be added to the total grossings of that movie to, you know, pit uh, Avengers Endgame to the post. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could. I don't really want to. It's not really that interesting to get into the fact that when you re-release a movie, it adds to that number that was. I always thought that number was kind of fixed. Like that was its release. You know, well, there are in, two. There, there are two different lists. There are two sure. different lists. One of is them opening opening week and our time in cinema for the opening. Well, no, stuff, it's yeah. it's one is 
taking into account inflation and the other is not. Oh yeah, because gone with the wind always wins when you we take into account the inflation. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And actually, and if you think about how long ago Avatar came out, inflation has made an effect since then. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah. it's well over. Well, it's well over de- well over a decade at this point. What was it? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Blows my mind how much money that movie made. Yeah. No, but the thing is. I don't even think it's that impressive. Well, first start, financial, for us, financial performance doesn't matter at all. People, no. people track these things and rank them and things like mm. that. And I get sucked into it and I go, oh my God, insane amounts of money. So successful. My movie's the best because exactly. it made the blah, most blah, money. Blah, blah, blah. This one, and then yeah. I'm like, who cares? Well, I care. Yeah, well, who, who, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? If you give me that amount of money, then I'll care. Mm. <laughs> but no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But... To to sort of dip my toe into that pool, it was released in 3D. The cinema tickets were je- were literally double the price. No one talks about this. It really frustrates me that yeah. And and, I, and I'm and I'm like, why is nobody talking about this? And James Cameron's chirping on Twitter, going, "Oh, Avatar is going to be back." And I'm like, you'd literally charge people double to go and see it. That's like yeah. saying, that's like. Well, if you do that, like then, the West then End, charge right? double for, for, for Endgame. Charge the double the tickets. Then we'll see. It. It'll be like yeah. six billion e- or something. Exactly. Ridiculous. It'd be mental. So you gotta you got to go like for like, you know. Mm. To compare it to the West End or Broadway, mm-hmm. it'd be like comparing every other show to Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which you literally have to pay for two shows to see. Yeah. Because it's yeah, part one and part point. two. Yeah, exactly. You have to pay for yeah. two performances to see that play, and people mm. go, "It's the most financially play, financially successful play ever." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, because people, every every single person that sees it is seeing is buying two tickets. Mm. Mm. You're literally yeah. getting double." Yeah, absolutely. So, so as far as I'm concerned, if it's not double, end game, or right, let's play devil's advocate and say. Um, point five above, mm. because obviously it was released in two D as well. So some people sure. would have bought two D tickets. Sure, sure, sure. Yep, yep. So let's play devil's advocate there and say unless it's fifty percent higher than Endgame, it hasn't overtaken it. <laughs> yeah, for me, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Which probably puts it round about the maybe Iron Man two mark. <laughs> so, so there you go. Probably did, probably did a little tweet, bit better. Every, tweet that James no, Cameron. No, no, no. To be fair, everyone and their dog went to see Avatar when it came out. I remember. It is mental, isn't it? Yeah, it they so did. blows my mind what happened. And you know, like you talked about cinema experiences. I feel nothing at Avatar. Like I have no lasting memories it. of that movie. I really liked it. That's a, that's again one of those ones where people go, "Oh, it's basically Pocahontas with a lot of CGI and the story's <laughs> really boring and it's too long." <laughs> I like that movie. What are you talking only, about? It's a really good I, ride, and it it, I've it looks only seen it once. It looks it fantastic. Fair. Yeah, and does it hold up it's still? Exci- yeah, graphic like no, visually, yeah, hundred percent, it does. Well, the next one's coming out pretty soon, you know, next week or something like that. So that's great. That's got to be a joke. That's how a, long that's have a, these movies been in production? It's embarrassing. Like it's actually embarrassing. Like, I don't it think is it embarrassing. is. I think it oh, would be think for. I think it would be for any filmmaker that's not James Cameron. Yeah, because he can do whatever he wants. He, and and that's kind of what I hold out hope for is mm. the fact that whatever comes out, whenever it comes out, it will be pure james cameron it'll be a completely kind of visual piece 
Mm. And there'll Mm. be elements of it that don't work and there'll be lots of elements that work really, really, really well. And it won't, one thing it won't be is it won't be cookie cutter. No, 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 no. I, I, and it's, but it's gonna, it's high expectations for it though. Oh, it is just because we've known about it for ages. Yeah. Probably, I, I don't think I've ever known any movie to be in development this long and not come out. Cough, new mutants, and cough. I was gonna say, there's gonna be, <laughs> there's gotta be some, right? There's gotta be none that's that high profile. And maybe, and lest we forget, maybe, lest we forget, we're not actually talking just about the one Return sequel. of the King. We're talking about like four sequels. It's Avatars yeah. two through five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Ridiculous. Got, maybe Return of the King. Well, no, they were all, but they were all filmed at the same time. Yeah, but the production cut was years before. Well, yeah, 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 but none of us knew about it. You know, <laughs> well, it doesn't count then. <laughs> well, no, well, no, exactly. Like you know, yes, Lord of the Rings had like a huge, huge principal photography time Mm. like i think those are the movies the way that they were made and the product that came out is the kind of thing that we won't see again you know to go back to my kind of pedestal thing i think lord of the rings stands alone but we didn't really have the the microscope of the internet Mm. on those movies at the time did we it's not what I. It's not what I call it. A microscope of the internet. The telescope. The curse. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you know. You know what yeah, I mean. No, and, you're right, and, and you're also, right, and right, also the right. fact that these movies were being made in. I think they started shooting in ninety eight or something like mm. ninety eight mm. or ninety nine. It started started production. Mm-hmm. We were six. <laughs> I was six. You're you're a wee bit weird. <laughs> just, just a wee bit weird. Alex. AMC Cinemas. Yeah. They're on their way back. Now, tying in loosely, obviously, with the stock market conundrum that we were faced with a couple of couple of weeks Still ago. Still a fascinating situation. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Do you know I know multiple people who have made a lot of money from that whole thing? I, I wish I had time to really read up on it and learn about it. Yeah, it's really just, it's, it's, Do you know it's what? It's a bit daunting, though, isn't it? Do you it? know what I find really impressive, though, are, are the... The, the people that invested you're seeing all these stories all the time but the people that don't invest professionally and they've mm, made not day, an, and day traders yeah. yeah they've made an insane amount of money yeah but they're still holding and yeah yeah, yeah these yeah. are normal, oh, I know guys and these are normal yeah. people and these are normal people who are now losing some I think the biggest loss record, um, that I read about was something like eighteen million pounds no. or something like that in a day or something yeah. like that as a normal person. And I well, was I know like, a guy, a mate I, of mine, the other day just made two grand in the day. He was just like, "Oh, yeah. come on, just made two grand from this thing from AMC stock." Mental. Yeah, not mental, but if if that was me, I would have banged out. Yeah, I I can't honestly say as much as I sympathize and kind of vibe with the romantic notion of like you know sticking it to the wall street people Mm. and all that and really you know holding for the sake of holding and just being like no this is a real middle finger to the system and all that stuff like that if i buy a stock at 20 pounds right that's now worth two million pounds or i don't i don't know what kind of things but a ridiculous amount of money I'm taking that money. 
You see ethics it and you grab be, it. No, ethics be damned. I'm sorry, but if, if you actually sit down and take a long, hard look at yourself and go, what do I do when I've put £20 in as a, as a sort of bet to get on this thing and it's now worth millions or hundreds of thousands? Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to bang out. Yeah, I've seen him do this, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen him do this. We, we've been walking down the street and the two of us will see a £20 note on the ground. Alex will dive on it and run away. We, we would have had a whole day planned. Yeah. But if we happens in that, the morning, he's totally, gone. That's totally the same thing. <laughs> he's gone. That's totally the same thing AMC as what I was talking theaters about. AMC theatres are absolutely... No, you're bang on though, Mike. But, 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 but AMC theatres are opening again. Interesting. Um, against COVID, uh, COVID restrictions and guidelines. Not, all not over in the Calif- whole, not in the whole country. Over, no, you're right. All over California, right. mainly. Um, in time for the tw- March 23 release of Bob Odenkirk's nobody which by all accounts looks like a fantastic action movie i'm really excited to see that um but yeah i I, you've got to think that this is directly result of this mark this wall street um boom for amc so i mean hey look if they if they are going to be back up and running they're going to be they're going to be in full production yeah. You know, f- f- good, good on them, or good yeah. on them, and, and and going for Where, it. Whereas we're not getting back to the cin- cinema until <laughs> C- City World. Least... City World didn't get the same. Yeah, treatment, we're unfortunately. we're not getting back to the cinema until uh, what is it, the seventeenth of May? That's indoor oh, performance mate, venues. Oh, that's the earliest. The that's the, the, that's the earliest. Alex, there's been some casting news recently, hasn't there? Or maybe some casting removals, as it were. So there's a kind of, there's a bittersweet on the Flash movie, as it were. The long-time actor associated uh, with as Ezra Miller's father, um, or Barry Allen's father, as it were, Billy Crudup. Unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts for the new series of The Morning Show, he won't be reprising the role as Ezra Miller's father. Ah, are That's they, a bit of a shame, isn't it? Are they recasting? Well, I'm not sure. There's no announcements of this yet. So Andy Machete's directing it. Um, he's not gone on said anything. He's pretty active on Twitter, and I didn't really see anything else. Um, but, but 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 yeah, there's been there's been so um, Marimbel Verdu. So she's joined it. I don't know what role in an unannounced role. I've not actually seen her in many things before. But but. It seems to be that there's active thought going into this, the story. How much of this do you think is going to take story notes from Zack Snyder's Justice League, do you think? Well, it's probably a fairly easy fix not to have Billy Crudup. Mm. Now, I really like him as an actor. I would love him Mm. to be in it. But at the end of Justice League, he's still kind of rotting in jail, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe just don't have him visit him very good very good alex very good and how's the how's the how's that writing that screen actors writing course coming along that you're Ah, doing in your spare time is it going don't simple fix don't don't visit him just don't don't visit him in jail then we don't have to see him he's just there that'll be three million pounds in writing credits thank you absolutely or you know have the have the you know father presence the Mm. the wisdom and stuff but make it a handwritten letter Oh, a nice note. A nice note. Nobody Billy Crudup could do a Zoom call. They could do a call back to COVID times. Zoom Absolutely. call. Absolutely. A Zoom, Ooh, that Zoom would be call nice. from his cell. Absolutely. That's, that's it. That would, be, that would be wonderful. I do, I, do you know, though, this, it is just me. I mean, look, I, I think Ezra Miller is a horrendous human. I've no time for him at all. <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't care what he's said. Uh, sweeping I, statement I, alert. It is a sweeping statement alert. I think he's a horrendous human. I've no time for him. I think on screen, he's a pain. Off screen, he's a, 
he's genuinely a flawed human being. Um, troubled. I, troubled human being, to say the least. I, I don't want to watch this movie, but I'm going to watch this movie. Of course you are. <laughs> but I don't know what's going to happen. I'm really excited, but also not excited. I, I, I've never been this divided on a movie coming out. <laughs> All they no. need is Amber Heard to do a movie with him, and then we're set. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we'll get that, get that for Aquaman too. But what's going to be very, very interesting? Again, I asked this question, I don't know, last week or the week before. Is 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 it going to carry on from Justice League? Now, you, we were chatting about this. We had a chance to have a nice offline discussion because obviously the news being that there were a couple of sequels planned, with the second one being set in the Nightmare sequence and the third one being almost like an Endgame-style revival well, that's getting the thing. back to the timeline. Well, that's the thing. I don't, I don't think we're going to see those movies. Oh, so I you're not going to get that end no, no, no. game moment that you wanted, exactly. Alex, again. <laughs> right. I don't, think, I don't think we'll ever see that full plan. Mm. But... I think depending on the performance of Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder Cut, I think there is still a small chance that that's the direction that the DC movies end up going down again. Oh, it's got such a fucking uphill slog, though, this movie, doesn't it? Like, it's releasing oh, on, a streaming, on a streaming service that's only available in America during a pandemic, just as cinemas are starting to open again, re-recording from, you know, four hours long. Like, it's just got such an uphill struggle, this movie. I'm excited. Oh, mate, don't get me wrong. I cannot wait. And I know that the, the whole world... is coming soon. Oh, it's so soon. It's it's days now, is it not? Well, it's this week. It's this coming Thursday. Alex, before we wrap up, we have to just join back to our famous segment, um, which I know your mum really, really loves, which is are, who is watching The Six Nations? Are we excited about Six Nations? Callum and Alex are excited about them watching The Six Nations. Absolutely. Six Nations being rugby, in case you <laughs> we didn't don't need know. To talk, we don't need to talk about that bit. That's great. I can't wait for this weekend. We've got oh, some really, really great games. Absolutely. I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm secretly, I'm going to just vent to you, mate. George North, typically Wales winger, is actually playing out of position this week. He's playing outside centre, giving Josh Adams and Louis um, Louis Zamet, or Louis Rees Zamet, who's the, the star of this year's Six Nations. He's giving if he's, them opportunities. If, if he's not the player of the tournament, something's wrong. Exactly. But that means that there's three wingers starting, and they've put... Uh, Liam Williams is now fullback, and uh, and and Josh. No, who is it? Jo- uh, who they, who have they got an inside centre? The problem being, Alex, is that I can't, as much as I want on my fantasy league, I can't have Josh Adams, George North, and Louis Reese Zamet on my fantasy team, Alex, because they're all wingers, and the program keeps crashing every time I do it. It's driving me up the wall, really? Alex. I'm gonna have I to just run were, away. I thought you were actually gonna. Uh go down the actual rugby chat where I was going to go, well, well, George, it's not not a problem. George North can play anywhere. He's a very complete player. But no, you don't care. You just care about your (laughs) shitty little (laughs) fantasy league app, which I don't have, so don't ask. (laughs) 
I'm really excited to watch Wales play today. I think it's going to be a, an amazing performance. I think this is, if you're wanting that end game experience, Alex, yeah. in Rome today at quarter past two, we're going to see an amazing performance from, from Alan Wynne-Jones and the team. I'm really excited about that. What do you think What's the score th- difference is going to be? It's going to be pretty big, mate. I think it's going to be bigger than the France uh, the France opening game, um, unfortunately, for Italy. Because Italy are doing really well. And I actually think they've got a really tight team for once. They're very young, very, very young. We say this every year, but I think they're gonna one day. Their under twenty ones program is incredible. You just gotta think. You've just gotta think. It's heartbreaking, though. Year after year of just going through the Six Nations, and then you know the weekend, the second to last weekend, you're you're looking at you're looking at the table, and you're going, oh yeah, okay, zero wins, Mm. no no bonus points, gold uh, score difference of minus what is a hundred and forty eight or something like that, Mm. and it's Mm. like, oh my. Yeah, the Six Nations well, table is a brutal mistress. <laughs> it really is. It what about really the Scotland is. Ireland game? What's your prediction for Scotland Ireland? Who's going to win? I'm What's gonna the be, score? I'm going to be optimistic and say yep. Scotland. I'm going to be optimistic and say Scotland, and I'm going to say probably by a good couple of tries. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I think so. Because I think we've got it in us today. So there's a tomorrow. So, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know. There's a few. There's a few things to consider. For a start, we don't have a good track record against Ireland. Mm-hmm. like at all no well, but they, they humped us at the world cup which yeah. was a shame but we are at home yeah the fans will be there <laughs> God. we're we're used to the fine fine murrayfield turf i'm really enjoying all of the the away victories that we've been seeing because of the the fans not being there yeah uh so it's been it's been really it's been really really great that is interesting and it's uh it's it's uh, the same over in football world as well. If you mm, if you really care mm. about that, but Liverpool, mm-hmm. Anfield being an absolute fortress, they like didn't mm-hmm. lose a home game at all last year. Mm-hmm. They've won. They've lost like eight in a row. Eight home wow. games a row in a row. Goodness, it's madness! And you, it's because of the fans. Yeah, it's really really interesting. But hey, Alex, home. what do they have to do next week? Next week, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. What do they what have do to they do have now? To do, what do they have to do in a couple of weeks' time? In a couple of weeks' time, and now, and now, as you're listening, go. Well, not as you're listening, because you already found us here. This is a very Posit, interesting. Posit. Yeah, train we, of we've thought. been doing this wrong. I know. No, no, we need to go back. Right, to, go to on to the no, 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 friend. Right, right, go, go on, go on to the Apple Podcast app. Find yeah. us on there. Give us a cheeky little five star rating. Write us a review. If you don't want to write us a review, tell us what your favorite movie is. Tell us what your favorite movie soundtrack is. We would and then love throw to your phone, all of it. Throw your phone don't at someone do who doesn't have it. No, 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 do because then they see going through the motions coming towards them really quickly, and they're like, "That sounds really great." But then it hits them. But th- but that point, they've really enjoyed it. But then they'll they'll associate our podcast ah. with the blind rage that follows. Nah, mate. Yeah, exactly. We've got to intimidate them. It's fearful. It's that, it's that you and I are quite intimidating alpha male presences, aren't we? So so we need to Said try and embody no one that. ever. <laughs> you can also find us on Spotify and so many other places where you choose to listen to your podcasts. If mm. you want to get in touch more directly with the show, we have an email address as well. Of course that is motionspod at gmail.com and we're on the gram we're on the gram for some fun discussions photos from our favorite tracks of the movies that we've discussed now next week alex i think we're undecided we need to do a little bit of planning we do 
Um, I again, it's going to be a it's going to be a secret one. It's either going to be our Zach, long-awaited Zack Snyder Justice League debrief, or it could be Cherry. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where we're going to go with this one. I'm going to have to get back to you. Okay. <laughs> and the listeners excellent well thank you very much for listening and we'll speak to you again next week until then goodbye alright guys ta ta